crazy. But how's you guys trading week? I saw it's been from what I saw from Danny, um, and I'm curious on what Toby's chart looks like too. Um, how's the, the discretional trading is is wild. <laughs> yeah, up, it's I got really up for some people right now though. I got absolutely destroyed last week on Friday. Mostly my fault. I had a couple chances to get out while it was still like a normal size red day. <laughs> uh, so uh -oh. it was just like a lot of low quality moves and I just kept trading them. How about Toby? Friday was a was one of my better trading days. I, I took it pretty <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I didn't make many trades, just made a couple of good ones and all of the day early. Nice. That's, I, I saw a bunch of charts from a bunch of uh, people. Um, it was it was it was pretty crazy. It was either you were doing really really well or doing really really bad. It's only worth it if you work for it. It's only worth it if you work for it. I won't stop till they hear me now. I won't stop till I wear the crown. There's just a bunch of random pe like random um people that I follow. I so, saw also you guys do you guys keep up with crispy trades. You guys know who that is? He every time I see him, he yeah. reminds me of the quintessential gamer. For some reason, he <laughs> he like looks like the quintessential. From how many trades he takes, he probably was a quintessential gamer. Um, and he it's funny because he has a forty-seven percent win rate in August, but like literally, I think zero red days. So it's so interesting to see. Um, but I think there was a day where he took four hundred trades, which I guess for Toby is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's up your guys' alley, honestly. Yeah. I, Toby and Danny usually are in at least north of 200, I feel like. No, I'm I'm not anywhere near that. Oh yeah. Anymore. Anymore. I try not to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm usually closer to like 50 to 100. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's more that's more what I was too. Digestible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've never really gone over 40. I might have had like a 45 or 50 trade day, but that's that's a lot. But that's why I said it kind of shows your personality. For someone like Crispy to be taking that many trades, it's like it shows the personality. And I feel like back when I was younger and in the gaming world like that, I could probably have handled that. Mentally now, I don't know if I could handle 400 trades in a day and and still be, you know, so tuned in. I feel like he's, he's young. How old he's is like he? He's like 20, maybe. What? He's 20? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I'm actually not even sure that he's 20. Kid, he made like 75K in August and has been doing like 20K months every single month. He he was with Warrior um, until I think I think his subscription ran out just, just like maybe two months ago. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Does Warrior have a, uh, like once you reach like 100k or a million or some sort of milestone you become like an unlimited member <laughs> uh no no <laughs> not really unless you're um like working for the company yeah that's all i would assume i'm like why would you make why would i make you an unlimited member now <laughs> because, it, because it would because it would keep a lot of hype uh yeah oh, okay okay i got you yeah like a marketing thing yeah yeah it's like we have like a hundred million dollar traders you know, they're not going to stick around if they have to pay, you know, 200, 300 a month once they're successful traders, probably. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they will for the, for the psychologist and all like the group meetings and stuff. I mean, it could be, still be worth it. I'm just saying like, yeah. I think, I think we can, you know, to kind of break the ice of starting off, we can look at that person's question that they had and, and kind of see what, um, See what everyone's thoughts is because I, I i have my thoughts clearly on it but i'm i'm curious on what um let's do what it. you know danny and toby because technically Oops. well I'll, I'll let you guys break it down before i even i even interject but yeah i think do, that was do you it. guys see this i think you have to click did you take a screenshot without seeing the whole thing <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah this you have to click read more and then screenshot oh lord okay hold on <laughs> uh yeah oh yeah there was it's a lot fine. more it's, to it it's in the discord though i I put it in the discord so you could just take mine oh, sweet. i'm gonna stop sharing for now just so i can yeah grab it grab it 
but I thought it was a pretty interesting question. Um, yeah, that's a great question because yeah. because technically, okay. So I will just say this: the it's it's interesting how she, the that person wants to say a pattern, but really a pattern can be you know as micro or macro as you want it to be, right? Like you know the same way you trade gap ups, it's not the same thing as VWAP a VWAP breakdown. Like those are two different. One is more macro. And one is more micro. Like the macro is the gap up. The macro is the every time it comes to VWAP, I re react in a certain way. Whereas the gap up is like, I'm going to trade this because it infers volatility and stuff like that. But yeah, I'll let you guys think about it while you read it. Through. So yeah, so we have a new question uh, from our community. So if you post a question below in the YouTube comments or in the Discord, uh, actually, we could so many questions in Discord. I, we should probably copy and paste some of those. Totally forgot to do that. Um, anyway, so this is a YouTube question here um, from the same person as last week. So let's go ahead and answer it. And I just zoomed out and I don't know how to zoom back in. Oh, here we go. Um, again, guns, emperor, or I i don't know. I don't know, Lawrence. You can read it. It's, out, it's there. <laughs> All right. It's there for anyone that wants to read it. But yeah, appreciate the question. So here it is. Uh, is it really true that you only need one pattern to make a living off of trading? I've heard this twice now in the industry. First from Linda Rashke. Maybe right. I'm saying that wrong yeah. again. Second from David Paul's seminar. Does it sound too good to be true to you guys? <laughs> it's very hard to stick with a system that works, but has a lot of down draws, plus the constant doubt and confusion from other people like the market is always changing or your strategy eventually stops working adds to the leader a hardship of following the plan because every time I get a losing week, I ask myself, is this the time my strategy stops working? Is this the time I find a new strategy? Is this the time I tweak my strategy? Now I've stopped using it, but still collect its data. I have a fully uh, mechanical strategy and work for three months in a row, then stopped working on the fourth. And now mm -hmm. at BE for the fifth month, break even for the fifth month is that is this normal? So the stats are 300 trades, 33% win rate. That sounds like a reversal strategy or something. Yeah. Risk reward three. PS, it seems to be normal on a simulator, but still would love to hear your thoughts on this. Who wants to start breaking that one down? Um, I'll, I'll let you guys do it because I'm, I'm actually curious about <laughs> the discretionary end too. I'm, I'm happy to go first. Um, my opinion is yes, you can make a living off of one pattern or one setup, one idea. But the thing is, it's going to be difficult because like you said in the question, the market changes, um, that pattern might at a certain point start showing more rejections, like breakouts haven't been working well this year. They've been doing false breakouts more often than not. And so you get in at a breakout spot, maybe you get in two cents under the breakout trigger, it goes five cents and then rejects 20 cents. Um, so that's just going to be a period where breakouts aren't working well. Um, so like you have a couple options, you can just wait until the market changes back to being, uh, good for your one strategy, or you can adapt that strategy. And that's basically what becoming a profitable or professional trader looks like. You're going to develop and adapt your strategy over time to adapt and match what the, the current market conditions are doing. Um, even in even when you've adapted that one strategy, um, you're still going to be doing a lot of waiting for that one pattern or that one setup to come around each day, or maybe it comes around once or twice a week. Um, and so in my opinion, it's not that realistic to wait for that one setup for that one trade a week, if that's what the market is giving you, because you're going to get kind of rusty, uh, in my opinion. And you might be a little bit slow on the trigger, slow on the hotkeys, the buttons, whatever it is, you might miss that one trade. And if you do, um, I know what would happen to me. I would probably get kind of triggered uh, <laughs> if I was just waiting for the one setup so that true. just I see it that one time that week and that's it. And I missed it. Yeah. Um, next time it comes around, I'm probably going to be kind of aggressive. I'm probably not going to trade it as well as I could. Um so I think, yes, in the right market, when one pattern is happening frequently, you can make a living off of that one setup, that one pattern. But realistically, over time, that's not really what the market is going to give you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and 
I think everything you said <clears throat> you said can be echoed in so many different ways, but that's the real re reality of it. It's really just you're waiting. <laughs> you're, even if you're good at the pattern, even if you're bad with it, you're still going to be waiting. And I will yeah. say this from, from a lot of testing, the more frequent the pattern, the more noisy it can be and the more it changes. So if you try to get a pattern that you think, oh, this happens more frequently, well, be ready for a lot of change very consistently. Because the bigger, the wider the idea, the less, the, the more probability of it working over a longer period of time. So that's mm -hmm. why you wait for extremes. Extremes are obvious and they only happen rarely, right? Then, and they have a higher probability of working because they're not frequent. There's not as much people who recognize it. That's what um, I was going to say. They have higher volatility, higher profit potential. Yeah, higher Things volatility. That that that. Because obviously the higher the volatility, that's a new experience that is something that's rare, that is not as, as frequent. And, um, and you also have to be ready for it. I think like that's why, you know, people always say, oh, I wish I was a trader now what i wish i was the same trader now as if i was in 2020 because if you were as good as you are now you would have crushed 2020 like nothing you would have probably been a seven-figure trader like everyone else was at that time but now you know we're struggling through the the quote-unquote yeah. hard times the lull yeah and it'll, it'll come back so i i definitely agree with with what both of you guys are saying for sure the only thing i'd probably add to that is uh you could probably have like a general thesis, like you trade front side momentum above the nine EMA on the one minute chart. And then you just, how you approach that kind of changes based on the, based on the season. So maybe instead of trading those breakouts, like Danny was saying, because they're not working, you start accumulating before the breakout, but yeah, in, in a way it's all kind of similar. You just kind of approach situations a little differently. So you kind of <clears throat> switch up your strategy based on, based on what the environment's telling you. I think I think that's what, especially if you're trading a mechanical strategy, you don't have the luxury of of discretion or awareness. So you like the reason why I say things that happen more frequently have more change is because the people who are in there is more competitive now. They are mm -hmm. actually relying on a bunch of different factors that attract that react that can make this candlestick react in different ways. And if you're trading something that's more mechanical and very like has very few rigid um, um parameters you're not you, you what if the liquidity changes you're not aware you're not able to aware to be aware to that right yeah. to be to be to react to that so in mechanical wise it's it's not necessarily the smartest to trade something that happens frequently but yeah you're because of that you're stuck waiting and on, honestly i don't know if especially if you're not doing it with a computer i don't know how you can trust it to be consistent um i i, I feel like I would give up if, if, if five months I stopped trading and I was like, this thing hasn't worked and I've just lost money. I don't know. But but some I've I have some strategies I've seen that didn't work for five months. And then they, you know, if, even longer than five months, like a year. I have a strategy right now that's in a lull for almost a year and it hasn't made any profit. But it but it it, it I looked in the back in the past and there was a period where it was down for like eight months, like eight months. It didn't even move. Um, it's a shorting strategy. So it really waits for like um the market to be weak so that's why that's why that happens so i don't even have it turned on right now because it doesn't really take any it's not going to take any trade right now the market is a little bit too strong for it to to yeah. make money so, so i think this yeah. <clears throat> question and discussion is a great example of why and how traders develop their a plus b c quality setups and an a plus quality right. setup in one market isn't necessarily still an a plus quality setup three or six months later if conditions change yeah, agreed. And, totally and you kind of have to be doing this for a while to really know what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. That's why, I mean, it's a great example of why trading is difficult and takes a while to get a, to get a, get a hang of. You know what? You know what I've been recently looking into, too, is the, the idea of, of even indexes and how that whole Shazam <laughs> works, like um, ETFs and all of that. Um, I, I'm actually curious, does anyone actually know how indexes, ETFs, futures, do they, do we know, do you guys know how it works? Like the whole process? I mean, the rebalancing of the portfolio basically. And yeah. But like, how is it, how it's all calculated and everything? 
I haven't really looked into it much myself. I've read a couple of things. I was kind of curious for a while. Also, when I was getting all the foundations for my fund I wanted to start, it was a bit of a similar concept because you need to have buy-ins and rebalancing. Mm -hmm. But no, I in terms of like how the SPY works, I actually don't know how they do that. Do you have more insights? Yeah, I mean, so first, well, first off, the index is actually the SPX. So, um. If you look up if you look up the SPX right now on any bro, um on your broker I can share it. your platform you will see the actual index there's no volume it's just mathematical ca- calculations based off the market caps of the the 500 um, stocks in the in the index calculation so the the way well futures is easy to and by the way the bring, the reason I'm bringing this up was because I, I remember there was a conversation that me and um, me and um, Kobe had where he was like, oh, the futures follow SPY. And I was like, well, no, they all, SPY for, makes the futures work. And and I was like really thinking about it. Well, I know SPY works, but I'm like, that makes no sense. It's it's just stocks because they all have to be tied to the market. And then I went into the index and I started to understand that. So that's just a little bit of a backstory. But essentially they, they a bunch of mathematical calculations over, with the market caps of the assets that are in here is what makes them move how it does uh, every day. The market itself, the stock version of it is just the, the ETF, SPY Global, SPY Global, the company, emulating the index. So how do they do that? Um, <clears throat> essentially, they have a bunch of authorized participants that uh that can add and remove shares whenever they want and they do that to balance the stock prices to be the same as sp spx so like let's say um the price of spy is at uh, okay it's, a, it's multiplied by a thousand so let's say spx is at four thousand five hundred and spy is at Four thousand, uh, four hundred and four hundred and forty nine dollars. Right. They can add shares to make it balanced so that they're equal. And this is just if you're, you're trying to make them balanced. They can just buy shares to make it equal. And so, what these auth- authorized participants' jobs is to essentially they make profit off the arbitrage, so off the differences of how far it goes from the natural value, from the net actual actual value. The uh, authorized participants add or remove shares to the to the um to the ETF so that it balances with the natural price of the index this is why you can actually trade the index the you're you're just trading um authorized participants structuring a market to fit with the the indexes so because so they make a profit yes they make a profit off the arbitrage um and these are be- big banks um big institutions um, and that's, you know, they have all the high, the power to actually make this happen in high speed, in such a high speed environment. Um, that's why they are the authorized participant. This is why you can't just be an authorized participant. Uh, but yeah, it allows you to trade the mark, trade, trade the indexes because they provide you the liquidity, essentially. Um, and yeah, I know that's, that's pretty boring, but something to think about <laughs> because um, the future and the futures version of that is just contracts. So that you will buy or sell something at that price. So if you buy 10 contracts of spy, it's just your, a promise that you will buy it at that price um, later. So the futures actually follow, everything follows the index. Um, and they are all structured in their own way so that they can treat, they can emulate the price of the indexes. But that's that's pretty much it. It's, it's, it's something I was thinking about just because I was like, well, what are we actually trading? <laughs> on a day-to-day basis yeah so if you want to manipulate the markets if you want to manipulate the markets you can't manipulate spy you have to ma- manipulate the underlying um, uh, yeah the underlying assets yeah yeah so i know I, I feel like that was that was a, a lecture for <laughs> for the people who care is, is that um, what you guys were talking about in the discord today i didn't have a chance to go over the whole conversation oh no the discord i was i was just telling him about a strategy i made um i shared a uh I shared a picture of um, a, a strategy. What what I 
what I created is like dynamics of dynamic resistance lines. So they redraw over across the day. Ah, they, yeah, yeah, that's okay. nice. Because I end up with so many little lines on my stuff. Yeah, that I end up paying attention to. <laughs> that's why. That's why I shared it because I thought you guys would be you'd be you'd actually like it because it was one thing that you can actually put on your screen because it also doesn't allow the resistance lines to be too close to each other. So there's a that's distance, nice. minimum distance from how far they can be. So I can, and it draws it in real time. So if if it finds a strong support, you can actually see it in real time and you can react to it as you feel fit, uh, to, you feel like. Um, something to have, I guess, I'm, it's not like I'm using it. Um, one of the strategies is using it. And that's what I'm, I'm going to probably deploy it on Thursday. Um, I have to go through the robustness testing right now, but just another one that we're adding. It'd be interesting. What, to what on platform TOS. does that work with? Does that yeah. work with like Thinkorswims? Think, think no, no. I, I coded it in, um, in Ami Broker. So you have okay. to have Ami Broker, but I mean, the idea is there. I can I can emulate it on something else if I have to code it on there. I, I already have the idea and the structure for it. Yeah. It's really just thinking about what consists what constitutes a a strong support line. That's the part that I don't I can't share. Sometimes I feel like I should I just want to tell everyone everything that I'm doing, but it's like ah no not yet. <laughs> but um it's it's but I get that. It's what constitutes what constitutes a strong support line. And how to make it come in in and out throughout the day. Um, and I'm also thinking of like, hey, what if I create a lot, a bigger support line that is that actually um, or resistance line that is actually drawn based off the daily highs and uh, the weekly highs, so that you don't even have to think about it. You just see it over a month period. You can see the previous high and whatever. I think that would be really good for a discretional trader. You you damn near don't even have to. You don't have to worry about oh, is this the support? Is this where I need to trade? Because you will see everything from from there and just take the trade. I don't know if I could handle more lines on my chart, but maybe maybe if they replace <laughs> some other lines. Right now, I got VWAP, the nine EMA, and the fifteen EMA, <laughs> and then my basically I'll draw my fat red lines are basically just from the daily. I'll start at the daily, and then just I'll be like, oh, okay, here's you know major support or something like that. You know, yeah. we have. Uh, support, we break it, we retest it, we get above it, we retest it again. We re So, you know, like that's a major support. And then on the daily, you'll see those major, major lines. That's pretty much all I have on my charts. Yeah. Which and that's some people I would even say is too much, but I think it's... Really? Who? I don't I think don't so. <laughs> yeah, there's some charts where it's like a spider web and you can barely see the charts, uh, the actual price. Uh, but then there's people that, you know, don't use anything. But I, I feel like this is a healthy mix. I think VWAP is, you know, so many people use it. It's nice to know. The nine EMA for me is really like where I, my trading strategy, like I like to be above the VWAP and the nine EMA. And I like, I trade off of that pretty aggressively. And that's kind of like the core of my strategy. And um, I, I've tried creating a VWAP strategy and I, I, I think it works really well here because there's a lot of volatility to bring it up that it needs to find some natural point of point of support. And generally VWAP is the most logical, but when you're trading things that trade every day and barely have volatility and whatever, Sometimes VWAP just becomes is is non-existent. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but and something I'm thinking about. I could I could just do something like test for volatility first. It's like crazy volatility, and then you can now start to trust the VWAP. So I could just make something like that instead. Mm, uh, yeah. That that's that's sense. not that hard to make. I just have to create a volatility uh, core to trigger an idea that okay, this is the type of trade that I need to start taking. It seems like the the volume on certain price zones is is really key. Is that what you're basing your last, uh, uh, the one you the resistance? No, so that's why I was telling the reason why I I clarified that because I thought Kobe would think that <laughs> because I was I remember listening to him before in the past. He used to think that um, like support volume support zones and and like where liquidity traps are such a big thing. And yes, they are. They might be. Um, but in this, I didn't really care about. You know, is there significant volume in this in this level area to look for support and resistance, like supply demand zones? Um, I, that's not what I'm using. This this is purely based off um, chart highs and um, their highs. So it's mm -hmm. very good for a discretional trader because you're not, yeah, you're just trading this. Now I could create one that just is based off volume. So if, like someone wanted a a line that triggers based off like um like a a part of the chart that has a lot of volume. I could create like maybe a bar that you can That's see. That's essentially like point of control. 
Yeah, like a point of control so you can see that. And that's the that's the cre- the fun thing is that I I've I've been thinking about like dang, maybe I should just go back to trading normally cuz I can just make <laughs> everything that I want. But then I'm like, ah, oh, but then I have to take trades. <laughs> and yeah. it makes me feel like it feels like oh, because when for me right now, okay, I'll I'll tell you, I tried taking a trade a couple like I think it was a month ago and just just because I was like, oh, I trust this. And my anxiety went up so high i had never felt that anxious. i used to trade every day i had you never used to it again yeah, yeah so i was i was like i was like hot palpitations and stuff i was yeah. like oh no well, that's, this, <laughs> i'm done <laughs> that's a great comment and follow-up on the the one setup idea is when that one setup comes around like if you're in the right market, maybe you get it like three or four times a week. If you're not in the right market, like every other week, you're not going to respond to it well. Exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I think that was that was pretty much it because that was a really good setup. And I haven't traded for so long and I just trust what yeah. I tested. Yeah. So. You got to get used to it again. It's even like that, that exact same thing happens to me. If I'm trading something, I know I shouldn't be trading. Let's say it's, I don't know, around noon and <laughs> I was working on something else yeah. and I just opened my charts. I'll get way more anxious on that trade than like, I don't know, trade five X the size on, you know, at the market open or something. Cause that's Cause what I like. Do. I know this isn't the best idea. Yeah. It's like, you kind <laughs> of already know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. So you just get really nervous. Yeah. So anytime you're out of your wheelhouse, you'll, you'll get extra well, nervous. It's I'll, I'll tell you this, the time I stopped trading, like I really stopped, which was, I think it was in March or April was when I took a, tr- I took a really big loss. I think it was like 600 bucks or 700 bucks. Not a really big loss. It wasn't actually, that's the thing. It wasn't that big, but it was such a big loss to me in that time to just take that loss. And I was like, I was like, and at, at the time I had algo, I think my algo started running in March. So at that time, my algos were doing really good. And I was just the bane of my account's existence. I was losing every single, all the money the algos were making. And I was just like, you know what? After I took that loss, I said, I told my girl, I was like, you know what? I took my last trade for the for the year. I was like, that was that's my last trade. And and then last I broke discretionary the, trade. Yeah. I yeah, took I, I broke the rule trying to take the other rate trade. And maybe that's why I was so nervous because I was like, why this you said you weren't gonna do this again. <laughs> hmm. You said you wouldn't do this again. Here, I'll quickly <laughs> share my biggest loss to date because it just came in Friday. Uh I didn't trade Friday, but a ticker I've been halted in finally opened up. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. EDTX opened up. I took a $5,500, dollars $5, loss. Um, <clears throat> so not very nice. Uh, down 78% on this position. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I can make more in a month. It, it doesn't really bother me that much. It's a little frustrating because this was exactly one of those trades. It was like I was done trading on the day. I was already kind of closing my applications and I was like kind of looking for something to trade. I was a little bit of bored. And this was a ticker that's totally out of my wheelhouse. You know, it was, a, it was like a $68 stock. It already 10X. It's like on a multi-day uh, move and it's a SPAC, which means it's not even a real stock in that regard. So much more can happen in terms of what goes on in the back end. So, you know, I'm just playing with fire. Literally right after I enter it, it gets halted and it's a T12 halt. So, you know, uh, SEC wants to investigate the company. It was halted for more than 30 days and I don't have a great picture of it. So I'll show it on my chart because it doesn't even load the one minute data anymore. It, for some reason, loads the five minute in the daily. But on top of all that kind of bad news, I also got an extra $38 reorganization <laughs> fee. <laughs> Because it's no longer listed on the stock exchange. So basically, they just closed the SPAC. Like, that's all that happened. So that was the... How did you feel the... How did they feel the order to give it back to you? Like, what? So I don't even know. I just... They closed it randomly. uh, And there was... So they just give you any exit? (laughs) So there was a... Yeah, it was a little little shady. So there was a press release here that... um, it says the EDTX at late Wednesday, it expects to redeem a class A ordinary shares issue during its IPO on Thursday at 1034 a share. So basically they just closed the company for the IPO price, which was a great deal because it was a, you know, $68 or something like that when it got halted or 63.24, I guess. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a big win there <laughs> for some people. Um 
So the blank check firm said once the shares are redeemed, uh, I know this is a little small here. I can't make it bigger. They are deemed canceled and represent only the right to receive redemption payment. So that's basically what I got. I had shares. I got a redemption payment and I got a nice fee to accept the redemption payment. So <laughs> he was like already three shares right there, almost four shares. So, I mean, 78% loss, pretty nasty, but, uh, you know, I'll recover. So it's not the end of the world, but yeah, just be careful guys. When you, you know, you start trading tickers that, you know, like they've already 10 X, like, what are you trying to get out of it? You know? And, yeah. um, it's, it's, there's more downside risk than upside risk. You know, like today we were trading, uh, what the heck was that verb kind of a funny ticker. And this ticker was halting like crazy, but you know, it's, it's a $1.50 stock when I was trading in this area. And like, you know, what's it going to do? Halt down here? Probably, probably not. It's probably not going to hold all the way back down, but you have that upside potential without major downside potential. I mean, obviously it could still go down 50%, but you're probably not going to have an SEC investigation into a plus company. Is cheap. But so, plus is cheap though. Like stocks like that are this priced, any the upside potential is way more, especially when volume comes in. Remember what we talked about last time where if something is really cheap, there's, there's, it has more upside potential when volume comes in because volume just needs to do a little bit to bring it up. But you yeah. were trading, I think EDATX was 63 bucks already. So yeah. what was it going to go to 150? Like, <laughs> dude, I don't, dude, I don't know what I was thinking. I was, you know, I didn't think it was going to get SEC investigated the second I literally pressed the buy order. I it mean, was right. Oh shoot, that sucks. That was, that's like I, like I bought. It went down a little bit and then it got halted. And I was like, huh, it shouldn't have got halted. And yeah. So, I mean, that's like a black swan event, kind of super bad luck. It's never happened to me in my trading career, but you know, at the same time, I kind of put myself in a position trading a ticker that had a high likelihood of something like that mm. getting uh, happening. Now the chance of it literally happening during my trade is, is unlikely, but still it's a likely ticker to get and halt like that. And usually we'll see stuff like that happen even more closer to like noon and stuff, usually not right at the market open. So very unusual situation, but for me, I want to stick with stocks typically below twenty dollars, and mm -hmm. yeah, this is good to remember why. No, I, I worry. I worry about this Black Swan event too for us, and it's funny because we trade large cap, so really, there's very, very low likelihood. But like, yeah. even um, Kobe asked me in the Discord, he said, "Like, how do you plan for Black Swan events?" I said, "I, I, I, I try my best to be safe, but." Like I said, like if I had, because we have to take leverage to trade some of these large caps, like just in general, I need to take leverage to trade these large caps. It's not, it's not possible for you, unless you had like, even, even I know um, Mars, because I know some of the positions he takes, like he's always leveraged up. You're always leveraged up more because these things are expensive. So yeah. when, if, if for some reason Apple halts down and I have a stop loss or anything uh, with everything, right? I have a stop loss. But let's say it halts down and opens under my stop loss and I have to just take it, take trade. What if it halts down 50%? Well, 50% of a leverage position could wipe out, you know, 60% of my account, 70% yeah, of my account. Yeah. So you you never, you you got to, but I think that's a, you got to plan for things like that and put a stop loss. But there's some times we, you have to be aware that, you know, you're always taking risks. Like we've got, mm -hmm. we get so comfortable sometimes with the idea that, we press buttons and it really is profit or loss and is manageable. And then we forget that, no, there is a chance that an EDTX can happen. Like we never yeah. think that could happen. There's always that like black Yes, yeah, exactly. this is like right there. And you I worry know. about that in some of these large caps too. Because I, you know, with the banking crisis where you see like FSLR and um, some of these other stocks, you know, this is why, this is another reason me and my brother, we, we decided we are not making swing trade strategies. Like at least not with our yeah. account size right now. Yes, yeah, I don't. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't care to make like I can struggle figure out because you know a lot of a lot of algo traders will make swing trade strategies. There are very few algo traders who actually are solely intraday. At least from what I've seen on YouTube, a lot of them, um, except, except some some of the great trading people, the average in trading people, they do it intraday. But like the the people who make bigger strategies that have to work over a long period of time, they make four hour bar strategies, and I'm like. I don't know. I just can't trust these markets with my money right now, at least with how much money we have right now. Like maybe down the road when we have a bigger account, then I'd be like, okay, who cares about um, this much money? But that's another, that brings to another topic that I was thinking of. It's like, I'm, I'm looking into new brokers. So like I'm looking into brokers that just give enough, um, enough, uh, what's it, margin that I don't have to put in more money. 
So I can mm-hmm. just like, because we we actually did launch the $2,000 account thing that I told you guys. So I had to do, a, I stayed up like literally two nights coding the, the whole structure of it, managing multiple accounts per trade. Um, but what it does now is it trades two accounts in my one account and it manages, it keeps track of each one individually. Gotcha. So like the, the it, like if 2000, if this one had to take a certain number of shares and this one had to take a number of shares, they will just be put together and the risk will be, will be leveled up to what makes sense for both of them. They, they all trade the same strategy. So it's not, it's not something new, but, um, but you know, I'm thinking, okay, once I have enough money, I'm just going to get a new broker because leverage is more like, if I, I just need the leverage to trade these things. It's not like I, I, um, I, I need, you know, to put all this money into one account. Are you, um, are you trying to get another broker just so the downside of one account getting blown up is, is gone? Yes. Can, can't yes, you just this... make another account in the same broker or would that? No, 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 no. Because they're going to be trading the same strategies. Oh, like, so, gotcha. so if, yeah, there's no, it doesn't change anything if I just give another account. Because if, if something goes wrong, if those Black Swan events go wrong, I don't want margin to completely end my profit of, like, for example, if I have $10,000 in the, in the other broker and I have, um, I have like 60K in one broker, I can, I don't need to put 60K in this broker. I can just put 40 or 30 and keep, you know, 20 or 30 in my, in my bank account. Right. And the leverage will make up for me being able to take the trades because I'm just putting in money right now just so that I can take the trades. I'm not putting in money so that I can make more money. I'm So the leverage that the brokers provide me give me the ability to take in a position. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's why I'm, I'm just trying to make sure that I can actually take the money out of the, the, the market in general. Because though yeah. we have like, we have like 0.3% exposure in our positions to the overall market over, you know, the five years. Uh, you know, one one day those 0.3% could be the EDTX. <laughs> and just as yeah, much as I don't I mean, trust. There, there's always that chance, right? It's, yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. It sounds like something a no, yeah. short trader would do, like, you know, making multiple accounts. Long bias traders usually don't have to worry about that too much, but. I do both. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. do both. So it's different. Yeah. You yeah. have to be smart. I'm, I'm, that's another thing I always worry about with these short, like, Luckily, these large caps aren't going to go up 100%, which would be, be kind of ridiculous if they did. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that too much. Because of the float. Um, but yes, hey, every, anything can happen. I've I've seen I've seen the worst. I've gone, I've watched a lot of, I don't know if you guys watch a lot of like old trading documentaries and you see all of the crazy things that happened even before we had like such a sophisticated market. <laughs> the um, big short. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For example, the big short, but like things outside of that even like um like did you see the day where um is it volkswagen or porsche uh pushed the so like that stock went up and they ran like, like a, a thousand percent stocks. right yeah like and that's a large cap that was a yeah. large 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 cap so you know that could be me one day with with like my stop like it halts past my stop and then opens you know yeah 20 30 higher yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong you got to have some sort of risk risk management serious risk management especially if you're a short trader i think uh yeah i don't know if i could sleep well at night if i was a short trader or sure i was not. i found out about your edtx trade uh because i think you said it in the podcast i was like because i was watching i was looking on the on twitter for all the people who had it and i was like i'm seeing all these people like super panicking like like everything and then i i was like oh i was like oh at least no one i know Oh, no one that, that I'm aware Surprised. of. <laughs> and I saw you, I immediately watched you and I was like, ah, dang. <laughs> yeah, that's talking about halts. I just saw that verb might get halted here in a second. Anyone looking at that? I am. Um, all halted <laughs> twice now. Both, yes. both of them. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Wait. I had a feeling you two addicts were on it. Such trash, though. <laughs> Holy crap! It has been doing the same garbage all day long. Yeah, just constant rejection. I hate this stock. See, this is a this is one of those stock with the names things that we were talking about. A yeah, verb. exactly. Verb. <laughs> verb. <laughs> it tries to halt at two hundred one. The next second, it's at one seventy four, halting down. It's a joke. Yeah, that was a 13, 14%.
I was I was looking at um the way um Danny trades because I kept rewatching the last podcast uh the just that part where he was trading yeah because I was trying to I was trying to figure out how to code it <laughs> uh -huh. I was like I was like okay so how do I how would I go through right now I'm I'm thinking through it don't get me wrong I have a file literally just like for that idea um that I'm I'm gonna be executing and who knows, <laughs> at some point maybe I'll let you know if if I start to emulate close to like a higher frequency training. The problem is honestly, the broker that I have doesn't allow me to, you know, doesn't allow you to be too close. Like it doesn't allow you to put a take profit too close to your, your price entry, which is kind of shitty. Oh yeah. That makes things a lot more difficult. Yeah. So we could, what we could do um, to kind of for the, for one of the last sections here is talk about, you know, the tickers we traded today. If anyone wants to review a little bit um, and kind of how we're, <laughs> Cause I I'm, I'm feeling like there's a little bit of back to school momentum going on where, you know, we had a lot of momentum today. It was just, there was a lot of tickers flying uh, a lot. I think I had like seven that I made notes on, which is unusually high. And then uh, the volume was definitely here. It was just, you know, we did get a lot of follow through and uh, we were halting in both directions, like on verb. Um, anyone want to share anything or should I talk a little bit? Yeah, go I, think ahead. I think they're mid trade right now. So yeah, you guys I'm are out. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of trouble today. Just, I, I took a really big red day on Friday, and my one goal today, my one thought was just to have a green day. Yeah, and I'm not even able to do that. Um, uh, I'm up thirteen hundred on HST DT. I was up twenty nine hundred on it, and gave back half of that um trying to two nasty flushes basically back, back position in on the pullback uh and it just had no continuation at all past the initial move um mm -hmm. so i gave back half of what i had made there i'm down 1300 on verb um i took a loss on uptd uh which i traded on friday and it was also a mess on friday so just a lot of like low quality moves in the market still. There are things popping up and moving, having decent moves, but then they just like stop and don't continue at all. Yeah. Um, that's and then the other stuff that, well. <laughs> yeah. And then the other stuff that uh, you think looks like it might pop up, it just totally rejects. So you're not really able to get the two steps forward on the ones that do have a big move and then just stop. You get like one, one and a half, maybe. And then on the other ones, it's like at least one, one and a half or more to the downside. So I'm just chopping around. I'm on a small red day right now. Yeah, it's small. So what what's your like emotions feel like right now coming from the, the big red day to to the um because I saw I saw your chart. I was like, I, I mean for me, you know, I don't trust that you're gonna do any worse. So um I was like, okay, it's just a, a backslide. But I know yeah. I've, I've noticed it from you, from how um, a lot of consistent traders are. Literally one or two red days in a month make you guys so sad. <laughs> it's like you guys get like, you guys get like, oh my God. And I'm like, hey, hey, no, you're good. You've made well, money. Well, August was a total mess for me. I had like 10 red days in August, nine or 10, <laughs> which is way too much. Um, I still finished the month at like 11,500 or something. Um, the end of the month was Thursday, the 31st. And then, so last week I had a $1,300 red day on Monday. Uh, I don't remember exactly how the days went Tuesday through Thursday, but I made 11 and a half thousand Tuesday through Thursday. And then I had an $11,000 red day on Friday, which is the oh, biggest red day no. I've had in over a year. Um, what's that? I thought it was 9,000. Oh, it was. <laughs> uh you know how it goes it was um i took one more trade and it was actually a good trade it was on adtx as it was squeezing up i was up like two dollars a share on it and then it it flushed eight dollars um so i took a loss on that too even even on a good position um it was just not the right data trade at all yeah. so like luckily at least i had made 
11 and a half thousand just a couple days before. So it was nearly a flat week for me. Um, so like, I'm not all that bent out of shape about it. It's way bigger of a loss than I would have wanted to have taken. But I know at the same time, I've been up in share size. I've been up in risk. Um, the hardest part for me is just being very objective and disciplined on when to do that. Cause I start, I had already been kind of like triggered and frustrated from the month, <clears throat> just taking a lot of red trades. And, um, at a certain point you just start to go like, what does another thousand dollars matter? Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I mean, as I've been, we haven't really, I, I, I think we made maybe $800 in August. Like it was very low, um, comparative, especially now since I have more strategies. Um, and, but I, you know, I'm, I don't worry, even if I had a red month, I'm not really too worried about that. I think differently, but I, I completely understand, like, if you're day to day, especially grinding and sizing up like you are right now, um, it can be very debilitating, especially to get back like a huge 11,000 um, two days. But Toby, how's like your progression? What does it look like in this August? Was it, was it flat? Well, August was pretty, pretty good. It was mostly green. So, Right, I did. I did well. Um, and then uh, today I got myself in a trouble real, real early on DWAC and took a eight hundred dollars loss on it immediately, and then had a couple other small losses. So I was at one point about fourteen hundred bucks down, but um, I made. I'm up thirteen hundred on HSDT, and uh, you know, probably up like a hundred bucks right now. So nice. That's actually really, it's crazy how this guy recovers. Came back. And then I, I think, what was it? Like last week, I had a pretty miserable week. I, was it was it last week, Alex, that I had? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. Toby oh. had one of probably, was that maybe your worst one ever? It was pretty nasty. Yeah. It was, it was bad. It he was, recover? Do you have the screenshot? I have the screenshot. Let me find it. <laughs> I should, I should, Um, you can give me all of your, your entire equity chart. I can test your recovery factor and see see how how well you recover every day. Yo, yo, Toby's recovery factor my... is off the charts. Look at this. So, how many trades was Hell. there? Uh, that was a couple you hundred. You did like four hundred like trades or something, Toby? Right? Two hundred something, yeah. Two hundred something. Oh, okay, why do I have four hundred? Probably because we were just talking about four hundred earlier, but. Yeah, this was insane. So you went down to past four thousand, and then you somehow got out at one hundred and eighty dollars profit. <laughs> I, this if I could just turn those into like get rid of those. Well, no, you. But but it seems like the way you're trading is causing you to make this though. Like the reason why you can't recover is because of how you're trading. Like I feel like the like the argument of like. If I could only make this, if I'm up there, it's not going to work because you do this when you're down here. <laughs> that's true. You do. That, that's very true. Like, uh, to Toby goes and gets these big sizes together once he's red and somehow it works. Um, yeah. That's crazy though. So my max loss would have stopped me out right here, but you know, technically I would have left a thousand dollars on the table then, but I don't I don't know if if mentally I would want to go through all of this first. I I yeah, I would probably pay a thousand dollars not to experience that. But that's <laughs> something that every trader is gonna have to figure out on their own. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure from all my years of experience at this point that I don't know, like sometimes for me, I would just rather walk away. Otherwise, I'm only gonna be seeing red and I, that might just be too slippery. I don't know if it's even seeing red for me because back then it was more, I, I got like mentally, like I started to get a headache if I, if I sat here like past 12. So that that's why I said, that's why I brought up the crispy trade guy because I'm like, he's, he trades those 400 to 500 trades throughout the entire day. I'm yeah, like, it, if I was like in my early twenties, I could maybe consider exactly. doing that again. But dude, I, I'm 30 now. No, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to sit around on my computer all day. Like I'm, I'm doing like seven to eleven max. That's a long trading day for me. Usually, I'll trade like two hours. Oh, you trade pre-market too. I trade. Oh, so you're still doing longer than I did. I, I still did. I didn't do pre-market like that. I started yeah. like maybe at like eight, eight 
ish, maybe 8.30. Right. But now if like, if I have a great trading session from like seven to like 7.45, I'll go ahead and call it because what's happened to me probably more than like 50 times is like where I'll be up one or 2000 at like 7.30 AM. And then I, ne- I spend the next two and a half hours going to max loss or something. <laughs> And there's something like that eats at your soul when that happens that I'm just like, yeah, I just can't do that. It's just Feels not terrible. worth it. It like, it, it makes you so upset as a human. Like I would rather just take my, you know, whatever profit, enjoy the rest of the day, go to the park, work out, go surfing. <laughs> like there's so much to do in your life. And then like when you spend yeah. more time working and like losing money, that it's a yeah. bad feeling yeah so it's a, i you know it's funny and like when when my trades are doing well like one, when we are up like 500 dollars on the day and then i see another another trade get taken and filled i'm like dang it just stop right there i'm yeah. like just take <laughs> take the 500 yeah, but it's like it's but one time i the, the one time i wasn't i kept saying that that was like our biggest day it was like 800 900 for the day and i was yeah. just like you know what I was just, I was just. It's so crying. tough because with, with trading, you're either giving back profits or you're leaving profits on the table, and you you have to figure out the ratio that works best for you. Everyone's going to be different. There, some people are fine trading all day long, and if this is the only thing you're doing and you want to become the best at it, that's probably the way to go, to some extent, to some extent. And and like for me, I just have too many other projects. I start getting distracted after like two and a half hours. I'm like. Oh, I have to work on this. I'm working on that. I got a slack over here. I got a Trello board over here. You know, I'm just like, my mind's everywhere. And then once I, once I feel my mind drifting, I start trading exponentially worse. So I've noticed I just need to cut it off. Like I love trading. I want to get better at this. I want to do it for a long time, but in order to do it for a long time, I can't do it very long every day. That's just the realization I've come to for myself. I guess to, to finish it up, because we talked about like the account size thing, you know, that's, to some extent, like that's why I'm still like trying to to increase my account size is also because like we're taking really we're taking quality trades now and we're t- but it's very few and in between. Like today we didn't have any trades, which was so surprising. Like with all the strategies we had, I think this is the one day I've in like this is our probably our first day in like months that I haven't had a trade go in. And we still have we still have like another two hours, but I I doubt it would be the market seems very like lolly right now. Yeah, um at like least the over the day. yeah i don't know about you guys but you know the the large caps but um you know that's why I'm, I'm thinking of sizing up and increasing the account and doing everything because i'm just like you know what it's time to finally just take the risk um because i don't really have any I, I i'm at the point right now where i don't really have any fear of like things going too wrong yeah um especially because we are maintaining and if they were going to go wrong you know I would, i'm fine with them going wrong and, and just figuring it out as, as it happens because sometimes I think when I when I was trading discretionarily, when I when it it was hard for me to get to that two hundred dollar risk per trade, um, because I was so scared of like what if I don't perform the same way, and I remember when I started getting to that hundred fifty dollar per trade, I was starting to be like, I this is the exact same thing I was doing before, I could have just done this a while ago, and if you look yeah. at key, do you guys know key key info, K info, no key info, king info. K-I-N, Kimfo, Kimfo, K-I-N-F-O. I think that's it. But that's a, a place where you can see like verified profits. Um, for Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this before. I think Colby shared it with me. Yeah. But like if you see their leaderboard right now, you see a guy who's going really mad, like doing really well, but his equity chart is something crazy. Um, but he's <laughs> he's up 6 million. And it's like the risk that he's taking. I, I just compare him to everyone else. And I'm like, he's he might not have the cleanest chart, but he's profitable over a long time. And he is making more money than everyone. It's all just about ri- how much risk you feel comfortable about taking. But And after you get to a certain point, you can be more logical and just say, let me take my money and go. And I think like, that's where I'm trying to be in my mindset. It's like, you know what? I could probably turn $2,000 to, um, to you know, 20K in like three to four months. Um, if I risk high enough on that two thousand dollars, I've already done all the simulations. Yeah, and you slave away all day at the computer. Yeah, so so it's, it's possible. Like, it's very possible with even you know that example I showed you guys was six percent risk, and I tried it with ten percent. It go it went up to fifty k. Like that two k, if I traded on my account since the beginning of the, the year with ten percent risk, it would have been up fifty k, and it just makes me feel like, well, 
what's the point of me, you know, not taking that risk if it's two thousand dollars? So I think figuring yeah. out like when you have to start doing that is is pretty critical as a trader. So I I think so too. I've I've actually had that same realization where I'll have like a two hundred dollar day or two hundred dollar red day, and then I'll think to myself this is not worth it. Like this is not worth my time financially to be doing this. So like, if I'm going to keep trading, I have to size up. Otherwise there's an opportunity cost here that is very, very negative for me to keep trading. Yeah. So like today I was using fairly big size. I mean, I'm walking away today at 344 profit. It's not like a big green day, but like if I didn't have so many losers and the market was a little bit less choppy and I had like just literally one or two trades like worked out back to back, it was so hard. Like what Danny was saying, like two yeah. steps, two steps backwards constantly, or just like you never have that opportunity to like get that second win. It just doesn't exist right yeah. now. It's so frustrating. Exactly. And that's usually how you have a big green day. So um I guess, uh, what was my point just now? Um, I just got to leave. No, about, about um, sizing, like the opportunity oh, cost. Yeah, yeah. The opportunity cost with sizing is is like, I, I just had to start using bigger size. Like I want my average maybe to be around 10,000. So like my starter size needs to be like 5,000 for an okay trade. If it's a good trade, I should already be at 10,000. If it's like a great or like an A plus perfect setup, I should be using, using like 20K right away because- Otherwise, it's like, what am I doing? You know, I'm, I'm kind of wasting my time. I could maybe have a 1K green day, 2K green day, but it's still like at that point where it mm -hmm. like once you average out the red days and everything, it probably still won't be worth it. You know, mm -hmm. I could get a job and do make more money, make you know, money. if I'm trading small uh, exactly. size. Exactly. That's like if you simulate that, if you simulate that and see what like I could take your equity chart, chart and just take the changes in your equity and put a, a hundred like different position sizes and show you what that would look like. And you'd be like, wow, I could have just been doing that and not having to, you know, just cut. Cause then every, every, your, your slow days are going to be amazing in your uh, comparative to your net worth. Right. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. It up. And it sometimes, you know, luckily you guys are trading small caps. So you guys, you know, leverage isn't um, something that you have to deal with. Yeah. Um, not. That for me right now, the, the biggest issue is literally just leverage. I, I, cannot especially with all these strategies some of them are taking seventy thousand dollar positions they're emptying out my account in like two positions i'm like so, <laughs> so but yeah you guys are lucky to and to you know only have to deal with you know this the, the cheaper stocks and then you know maybe an edtx once every i don't know i, I don't know if there's been if i've actually heard of an edtx the last three years dude I, yeah I, I, don't, I don't think it's a very common occurrence like I don't know. Like most of the time, I think you'll get stuck maybe in a halt down and lose 10, 20% max. I, I, and that rarely happens. That's like, that's only happened to me, I think maybe twice. And that's like, if I'm aggressively trading halts, uh, which there was a time I was, I, I do it less now and it's never happened to me. So I, I don't know. Uh, any, any other thoughts though, going forward here, uh, you know, looking at the spy, thinking about the small caps, thinking large caps, indexes, like what are, what are your guys' <clears> thoughts, <throat> game plans going forward here now that we're back to school? I'm hoping uh, that we start to get some moves picking up coming into the fall, a little bit more consistency, just like once every now and then it would be nice if we get that second move on anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, like we're, we're either getting something that just goes completely straight up and there's no way to trade it or just like nothing else nothing yeah else. so pop and drop yeah uh, i mean for me there's things are moving but not not always being in a trade is an issue the market moves i need to figure out how to take advantage of it so my focus is just mm -hmm. executing on all these strategies um you know i have a, i have a I, recently I, I said i said this in discord to kobe i have a bunch of new techniques that oh. i learned that are going to improve my strategies and make it um, easier for me to make new strategies. So hopefully next two to three, next two months, actually, I, I hope to add like five new strategies, make it like 15. And each of my strategies trade at least three stocks. So, you know, we're, we're talking right now, we're streaming about 25 stocks. I, by, by the end of this year, we should be streaming at least like 30 to 35. Um, That's going to be a fun adventure to follow. Yeah, our data, our data is, get, um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm having issues with the server people. And I, I might have to get a new server probably next year uh, if I open up a new account. But I'm also thinking a little bit of like scaling into like an actual business. What does that look like? Um, that's annoying though, you know, obviously. But 
but it's a good way to make a lot of money because I also do know some people who have a lot of money just sitting in their bank accounts. Yeah, and, I have a friend with a startup and she's asking for uh, me dropping in occasionally. So I might do a little bit of that. But yeah, I mean, he's you know, a, he's consultant, let me know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Toby? Uh, yeah, just hopefully for some more consistency. I'm kind of considering not trading so much uh, pre-market right now because there just hasn't been anything going on. It just feels like I'm wasting two hours every time I, I turn totally on my computer for pre-market. What time is pre-market for you there? Uh, it's uh, 6 p.m. here. Oh, okay. So, so I'd rather just kind of save the mental capital and just wait for the market open where there's a little bit more volatility and definitely more volume so it's easier to get out of positions. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah next time we have to we have to quiz co uh toby on um how it's it is over there yo where where exactly are you again so i'm in thailand yeah thailand okay i was i was gonna guess thailand um yeah i need to know what's happening in thailand i used to have some thai friends i lived in malaysia like 13 years so i know i know a little bit chinese you know mm -hmm. boy actually speaks <laughs> some mandarin um like <laughs> my, my cantonese is horrible um <laughs> And I also don't speak. I don't speak because my intonation is horrible, but I can understand a good bit because all my friends were Chinese. Um, I've been I've been studying Thai for a little over a year now. So oh, so you speak Thai? I'm trying to. I'm oh, learning. Nice. How, I'm learning how to read and write right now. Nice. You you said you lived in China for a little bit too, right? Uh yeah. I worked for Chi I worked for the Chinese sport, uh, Winter Olympic sport for four years. Okay. That's pretty cool. All right, I'll I'll we'll do the quizzing next time, <laughs> so I can learn more about you, like what you do over there. Nice, good, yeah. Everyone, drop your questions. We'll get our questions ready for each other, so we can quiz each other. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll answer more questions next pod, guys. Thanks everyone for dropping in. Hey, see, see you guys. guys. All right, Ciao, everyone. everyone.